This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Best bits of the week, and we've got them for you. Best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Someday we will have imaging, <laughs> but for now, <laughs> here we are, and it's listener Q&A time. And I did write down everybody's names and stuff. Scuba Steve gave me the idea to share everybody's also names. So... You are the first one getting that experience. All right. We've got some names here. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're diving in. Omar from North Carolina wants to know how fluent you are in Spanish. I would say that I'm fluent, but being in Tennessee and being away from family, my Spanish has been rusty now because I don't speak it with anybody, really. And I try to like practice a lot around the house with my wife. Like I've taught her Spanish to where she's at a point now that she can understand it. She can't speak everything. But whenever we go home, that's all my parents speak. So when I'm home, I speak Spanish all the time. So now she's at a point to where she can understand it. She can't really speak it back to them, but she wanted to get to a point where she could communicate with them a little bit better. What so, was those like first few holidays like when she couldn't really understand what was happening? Well, like my mom can speak English really well, but my dad, he knows it, but he just doesn't really speak it. So it. a lot of it was them kind of having like this broken connection with my mom it was easier with my dad who also doesn't really speak a whole lot which is probably where I get that from it was tougher so now it's been a lot easier that she knows some Spanish oh yeah that's definitely really helpful and I will say like too just foreign language in general if it's not your what is it your what what is the word for it being your first language like is the first language? your native language yeah there, there it is your native language it is really hard to keep up with it. If you're not using it every single day, mm-hmm. like it is, it, it's gone in a second. That's what's crazy about language. Like you would yeah. think you've learned it. Like it's there always. No. So I totally see how you're not like keeping up with it every day. Yeah. Cause as a kid, I was always around all my aunts and uncles who all just spoke Spanish. We'd go to Mexico twice a year. So with all my cousins over there and my grandparents, I would just speak Spanish. But then as that became less and less of a thing, and then moving out here where the culture isn't here as much. In Texas, it's embedded into the culture where most people there are fluent, no matter what race you are, just because there are so many Hispanic people in Texas that it's you go to the grocery store and things are in Spanish, so it's mm-hmm. more common there. Here, I don't really have a chance to speak any with anyone unless I get like an Uber driver who happens to speak Spanish, and then we'll have the entire conversation in Spanish. Yeah, and that's probably helpful for mm-hmm. you, too, to keep that language going. Dang, that's it, crazy. It was really beneficial whenever we went to Costa Rica and we had to get through customs. It was with Bobby and I, and we had like this entire giant thing of radio <laughs> equipment. 
And they're like, what is this? It, so it helped me navigate that of I'm being the only one able to speak Spanish and tell them what was up. You know, and it's it's funny because like I don't I could not tell you, Mike, why I chose French to study in college. I, I could not tell you why I didn't go with Spanish because that would have made a lot more sense. Mm hmm. But I'm just sitting there like, yeah, let's do French, <laughs> thinking I'll go to Canada a lot. Like, what? So um, I do think people should learn Spanish. I think that's a great second language to have, especially in the United States. But like anywhere else, it's I mean, is it not the most used language outside of English? I don't maybe like second or third. For some reason, I think it's for some reason Portuguese This is a freaking easy trivia question. I know it and I totally missed it. But I've, I swore it was Spanish. It was like the number one. And then English was two. You know what? I'm a Google. We yeah, have Google, Google for like, a reason. Because I have some other ideas of what it could be, but I don't want to sound like an idiot. <laughs> but I feel okay. like it's an Eastern country. Okay. You, well, it is. You are right. Okay. So we've got English number one, which is crazy. Um, and the third most spoken native language after Mandarin, Chinese, yeah, I knew it was. is Spanish. So... And English is the most widely learned second language in the world. That's crazy. But it, isn't it also because China is so huge? There's so many people. Yeah, the population is just incredible. That's probably why. Also, Hindi is up there. Hindi apparently, for some of these places, is over Spanish, which is also crazy. I don't know why I thought Spanish was like number one. Just because it's more common here? Maybe, you know, I, I, maybe I need to go to some other countries. Maybe that's what that is, Mike. Okay, well, thank you, Omar, for your question. Omar from North Carolina. Uh, Rachel from Nashville wants to know how you got so interested in the dark web. I think I've always <laughs> just been fascinated with the internet. I think I grew up in the wrong time period. Like, I think I should have been Gen Z because I feel like I would have really like grasped onto more other elements of the internet of being able to code and doing all those things that I felt like I just kind of missed the window on. Cause I being a millennial, I grew up at a time where there was an internet and I've been so interested in it as it's developed over the years that I feel like if I would have been born maybe 10 years later and just only known there being Wi-Fi, I would have been able to been like more, like learn more about it and do all the things I want to do with the internet and computers. So I think I've always just been interested in any kind of technology. And I've also spent a lot of time alone. Nerds, <laughs> that's what nerds do. You spend a time trying to figure out why your computer does the thing it does. And then I also just get fascinated into YouTube wormholes, which I'll just watch anything about the dark web. You know, I do think in your reverse reality, you were probably a hacker or like a tech guru. Yeah, I think that's what I would aspire to be. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of you because it's part of you right now. It's just not the full version. Yeah, I, I mean, I spend a lot of time on Reddit, which stuff from the dark web just gets blasted on there so much. And I think that's where I've learned about it the most. Like it's so just embedded in that culture that I've just learned so many things from being on Reddit. <laughs> and then that's kind of trickled over into TikTok. And I also just love looking at different conspiracy theories, which is all kind of goes hand in hand. So I think I've just always been fascinated with the dark side of anything. All right, Darth Vader. Yeah. <laughs> Is there ever been a moment where you have participated, bought, sold anything in relation besides just viewing the dark web? No, I've never even been on the dark web. I've seen other people get on the dark okay. web. I know how to get on it, but it doesn't seem like a place you want to go to because even to get on the dark web, it's a process. It's essentially like you log on to another server that allows you the ability to get on the dark web. So mm -hmm. if you get on it on a computer that you use and has your personal connection to, people can get that and identify you. The thing about the dark web, it's supposed to be anonymous. That's why it's like the black market because yeah. you get on there and they can't trace it back to where you are in the world because every computer has an IP address that is unique to you, traces it back to you. Dark web takes away that and you're able to kind of run free reign that's why bad things can happen on there. Dang, the dark web is crazy. Yeah, so essentially what people do is they get a computer that they just use to get on the dark web. That way, in case you 
somehow connect to the normal internet it doesn't have all your personal data on it yeah it's like you, you go to like one of those computer cafes basically yeah exactly back in the day like the, the when we would go on our cruises we and we would get stop off on the island we'd go to the computer cafes because that's what it was then like you didn't we didn't have like the cell phone thing like you went to a computer cafe and you'd like email your friends or get on aol <laughs> crazy like that memory popped up for me like i had hidden that one away i forgot about that until you just said that <laughs> dang okay ricky wants to know if you have any tips for getting back into running after a break oh i would say start out small i think whenever somebody gets back into running you immediately want to go back to either your personal best or wherever you were when you left off i think starting out small and going not being afraid to run slow which most of your runs should be slow, just at your own pace. The distance you want to do, don't feel like you need to go hard. Even if you need to walk, walk. And I think the best advice you could give somebody is just get out there and do it and try to find a place that you haven't run before. Because I think with me, if I were to go back and start again, I would want something completely different and not what I'm used to because then I'd be comparing my times to what it was whenever I was at my best. I'd be seeing things and being like, oh, I, I was doing a mile here a year ago and it would trip me up mentally. So just start completely fresh, go somewhere new you haven't been before and take it slow. Those are some pro tips. Like I would have never thought about the whole idea of being somewhere different. Yeah. That's important. Also, based on your advice, I am going to uh, start running at like a four and then drop down to a two and then a zero. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to stop. Because a lot of it, it <laughs> running is mental. Like, just being able to get over that mental hurdle is the hardest part of it because your body is probably capable of doing it. Maybe it's not as fast as you want, but it's a lot of it is just having the willpower to do it and stick with it. Once you get over that, it just kind of comes natural. Nothing is natural <laughs> about you running like 30 miles on a Sunday, Mike. <laughs> that is a different, you are a different specimen when it comes to running. But I didn't start out doing that, that like, i couldn't true. even run a mile without stopping when i started you're not wrong but like i see your things and i'm like how <laughs> the idea of that literally blows my mind the way i've i've gotten to that point which i've recently my go-to sunday run has i've changed the course of it so i'm on a whole new path as far as like there's a end point that i love to get there's this part of nashville that's kind of connected to a park and there's this bridge that has an amazing view. And that's where I end it. It just happens to be 10 miles from my house. So I run all the way to that point, And that's kind of my like, oh, I made it. And then I run back. And so you run 20 miles. Yeah. You wild. You wild. I'm just wild. Like every time you say that, it blows my mind. And then I've also developed this game inside my head where I compete with other people that don't know they're competing with me. I love a silent competition. I, I am quietly competitive <laughs> when it comes to running. And my rules are the other person has to be actively running like I am. Like I won't count a person I pass their walking. So if I pass somebody who is also actively running, I give myself a point. But if somebody passes me, I take a point away. So my goal by the end of that 20-mile run is to be ahead one or two points and actually score points instead of somebody beating me do you have like a tally system like you're keeping track of those scores all the time just mentally just each okay. one so i'll keep it in my head okay pass that person that's one point this person passed me i'm back to zero i passed two if it's two people together it only counts as one so I, that's just a game i play against myself but the hard part is the trail i go on there are like some elite cross-country runners out there you know mm -hmm. training these are like college kids who i'm like i'm not gonna beat them other people I could probably beat, but those people I'm like, okay, that's that's a point down for me. You're like, I'm in a different place in like, my I, life. I can't. I couldn't even like. There's some people that I get competitive with that I'm like, okay, I know I can beat them, and then I'll just run until I pass them and get that point. But there are other people who just go past me so fast that I'm like, there's no chance. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I'll, I'm gonna admit something to you here. This this shows you how my brain is currently in process right now. I was at a gym and there was a cute guy there. Mm -hmm. And instead of like being like, okay, how can I find ways to talk to him? We were doing like the same thing. We are in different rows. And I was secretly competing with him the whole time. I was like, <laughs> beat him that time. <laughs> beat him that time. And I was getting so like proud of myself. And then I left and I was like, dude, you're an idiot. Like <laughs> You were just competing with him the whole time instead of just going and talking to him. I, I do that. I love competing with people that don't know they're competing with me. 
it's not even like I'm watching what they're doing. It's just like more of a like it's more to get me to do better. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, that's that's literally where my brain is. <laughs> You're like, I got him. Oh wait, I should have capitalized on that. <laughs> yeah, it's like that is not the direction I should have been going. But here we are. Okay, uh, this holiday season, are you going to be doing a cheat day? Elizabeth wants to know. I think I will. I don't really do it the same way anymore. Yeah, like, you, you used to go like real hard all one day. Yeah, and I've kind of realized that maybe isn't the best thing to do. <laughs> I still love doing it, so I'll do a version of it. But I feel like I'm not as hardcore as far as just needing to allot one day to that. Like I've had different moments in the last few years where I'm like, this isn't normally what I would do, but it makes me happy right now. Like the last thing that happened was the World Series and my favorite team, the Texas Rangers, won. So I landed that night in Nashville. I went to the the convenience store. I got me a couple beers, and I watched the end of the game because I get, didn't get to watch the entire thing because I was on a plane. So I rewatched the last part of that game and had some beers, which is normally something I only do on Christmas. And so I've allowed myself to do those things every now and then that I don't really feel like I need that one day anymore. So I'll still do a version of it, but I don't think I'm going to go as hard as like I have in the past. It sounds like you're in a healthier place because before it was more you were doing it because you were hitting goals and you mm-hmm. were trying to hit a goal and keep that goal sustained. Now it feels like, okay, you've hit those goals. You've sustained those goals. Now you're like, okay, now I can like kind of live my life a little bit more because I've really established a really healthy routine for myself. Yeah, because I think when I started that, it was still where I was struggling with my relationship with food of like my personality is to go hard all the time. If I'm going to have something, I'm going to finish an entire thing of it and I just have a little bit of it. So it was a way of finding a way to control that and get to a healthy place. And then my version of that was doing it all in one day and knowing that it's going to come and you're going to be able to experience it. And also realizing that what I learned from that is I don't really need it as much as I thought I did. Because I would go through with that epic cheat day and the day after I'd be like, okay, I don't really miss it that much anymore and I could move on with my life. So that was kind of my one, get it all out of my system and realize that it's more of a mental thing of thinking I need all those things. So I think after learning that, it's allowed me to, in places where I do want to enjoy those things, I can. Look at you growing. We had growing on part one, now we have growing on part three. (laughs) I'm proud of you, Mike. But it's also just a fun thing to do of creating that that menu yeah it is it's definitely fun content for you i do think you could still do a version without it being so extreme as it was before but it's also like it you grew out of it like you're Mm -hmm. you kept growing so it's also not bad that you don't do it anymore just know that yeah as you're like okay cool content (laughs) some things are not worth the content okay (laughs) we're gonna take one quick break and we got questions from jody jackie and sarah All right, we're talking about your job on the show, Mike. These are all show-related questions. All right. Jody asked what your favorite and least favorite thing about your job is. I would say my least favorite thing are the hours, waking up early. Although I feel like over time, I've been forced into becoming a morning person. Do you feel like you are now? Because I still don't feel like I am. I think I am now, and it (laughs) tears me up to say that because I feel like I'm so much more productive in the morning. I can wake up and within like 20 minutes, I'm at a good place. So I feel like over time that it started out me hating waking up early, probably because when I was younger, I loved staying up late and I loved doing things at night that it made it impossible to wake up the next day. Now I'm okay with an earlier (laughs) bedtime. So you don't stay up late anymore. I don't really. Dang. Even on the weekends now, like 10 p.m., I'm good. Mike, I can like, I'll stay on the couch until like 1 a.m. I used to love doing it. I can't really do that anymore. I don't know why I still do it. I don't have a reason. I'm not doing anything. I just sit there and I can't get myself to like get from the couch up into the bed. The only time I'll do that is it's like I'm on a trip and I go somewhere and like I land later and I just end up staying up to get more out of the trip. That's like the last, I think the last time I went to New York was maybe one of the last times I stayed up until like 2 a.m. And even that was like, this feels different to me. I haven't experienced <laughs> this in a while. But Dang. I need your like self-control that you got going on. Because I also just can't sleep in anymore. Even on the weekends, 7 a.m. is like my sleeping in. 
it's not so crazy because you're like before I feel like especially when I was a kid it was like 7 a.m. was so close to 6 a.m. and I was like 6 6 a.m. is so early yeah and now like when people say 7 I'm like okay yeah I could get up at 7 I don't I don't like to but I will but like isn't that crazy that that's where you're at now in your life yeah I remember 6 a.m. being like an ungodly hour like (laughs) 6 a.m. but now that's like okay that's manageable because sometimes like when we're traveling with too much access, we'll leave early on certain days and I have to do things, have to wake up even earlier to make sure I'm at a good point where I can leave. So there's some days I'll wake up like an hour before I normally wake up. I'm waking up at 2.30 and sometimes 2.30 doesn't sound that early to me. It does suck, but that's manageable to me because I'm used to waking up at four or five that I hate the fact that this job has shifted the way that I interpret time and take in days. That is just completely different. Yeah, it's stupid. (laughs) I I am with you, but you've definitely uh, handled it better because I wish I could do that on the weekends. I think it's a somebody somebody called it something. It's like a um, rebelling against adult. uh, There's like a really pretty scientific term for it, but rebelling against like your adult responsibilities because it's like you don't get the time to like just kind of chill out. Mm-hmm. And so you'll chill out and doom scroll and sit there for as long as you can because you are rebelling against what has happened in your daily life. I could see that. I think I've done that some sometimes yeah. on like Sundays where I'm like, I don't want to go to sleep because I don't want the week to start. Yep. I find myself doing that, that I'll either, if it's Sunday right now, I'll watch the entire night game and then I'll get on TikTok and then I'll be like 11. I'm like, I still don't want to go to sleep yet because I don't want the week to start. Yep. You're like, you're holding on to it as much as possible. I don't want possible. to say bye to the weekend. <laughs> so there is scientific terms for why we do that. If that makes it any better for anybody else like me, not like Mike and his self-control era. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you ever used AI to create content for the show? Jackie would like to know that. And if, even if not, like what's your take on AI using content I have creation? because sometimes... I have something in my head and I don't know how to format it. So there have been instances where I need to create a game or something and I just need like, like say it's something where I need a bunch of facts and I just need to look at different sets of data. If I plug that into AI, it can list it out for me and then I can take that. What I found is that the AI still isn't completely there. AI still gets things wrong, especially when it comes to like pulling facts about like country music. It'll say things wrong. It'll say Blake Shelton wrote a song that Dirk Bentley wrote. So it's not completely accurate. So I don't use it so much that I feel completely confident in it yet. That's fair. But you've just used it as like a, a means to get to another place. Yeah, kind of. kind of like for research. If I need to research a bunch of facts about something, I'll just plug in like, what are 10 facts about Blake Shelton? And it'll say all these 10 facts and then I'll grab that and I can use that somewhere else. So I feel like I've used it more because really the way I use it is a more cohesive Google because Google, you can search what are facts about somebody and it gives you all these different links where you have to go through and click through, find the article. If you just put that in AI, it just straight on gives you all the facts without going onto a website. It's like pulling the research for you. Yeah, I think that's where I've used it because I think when people hear that I'm a writer, they think that it's all just like straight up writing segments (laughs) and doing things. Really what the writer role is on our show is also creating the ideas, putting them together, pitching things, and just creating the content more so than just, I'm sitting here and writing scripts all day. That's not really it. It's more generating ideas and working on things for the show and putting everything back into it. So I feel like for me, and maybe another one or two years once AI gets a little bit more advanced... I'll have some more use of it. Yeah. Dang, that was a cool question. I didn't even know that you had used that. Yeah. It's useful sometimes. Yeah. I I don't think I've used it for anything. What what AI website or app do you use? I use ChatGPT. Okay. Do you have to pay for that one? No, there's a free version of it. There's another version where you pay and you get some more tools where you can like use their different plugins and stuff to probably be more beneficial. Maybe that's the better version to use. Yeah. That's how they get you. Make you pay for it. I have used it for also some games with questions because it's really good at taking like an idea of like here are 10 questions about United States trivia, but you have to be sure to fact check them. Sometimes AI gets it wrong and then people get mad on you on social media. <laughs> yeah. Hey, people get mad on me for losing too. So does that help? 
Does that mm -hmm. make you feel a little bit better? Should I admit something? <laughs> yeah. Okay, one time I used it was for an easy trivia where it was about breakfast cereals. Oh, this was the breakfast. And it was so <laughs> controversial. <laughs> oh, it was. <laughs> it, it, because in the moment, it made sense to me when I read what AI shot out. And then whenever it, it was on air, it was so controversial. Yeah, that's freaking AI. <laughs> and that's why. So since then, I don't use it for games anymore because it, it did me wrong. Dang it really did you dirty on that one. Yeah. But also too, when you are doing so much, especially for us, like I, I don't know if you feel this way, but when I'm doing so much on my computer and there's so much happening, like there are just sometimes where something looks right to my brain, but mm -hmm. it's not. And you could have seen that and just been like, yeah, that looks right based on how I feel right now. But tomorrow you could have looked at it and been like, never mind, that's wrong. Yeah. But like in that moment, because you are human and you're existing and life is happening, like Sometimes it just that happens. Yeah. So get, hey, get, making games is tough. Because it is, and you come up with a lot of games. We do easy trivia every single week. I do categories, which where each question has four, or each category has four questions. It's hard to come up with new ideas every single week and do questions that we haven't done before that we don't already know the answer to, and also try to make it more fun. And I've tried to do more play-ons on the different categories, so it's tough to do. It's even harder to write a question and it's easy to me and then it's not easy to you guys and then <laughs> listeners get upset. So it's, it's tough. I say that's the hardest game to keep up with. It is. It, it's a really hard. It's just a hard one in general, right? Across the board for everybody involved. So no, you're doing a great job. You're, you're doing a great job and it, it makes it fun for us anyways. Like also respect that you put a lot of time into it. I do. <laughs> <laughs> so just... The listeners now know that, mm -hmm. at least before they come yelling at you online. Oh, uh, they will. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite segment of all time from Sarah? Of all time, like mm -hmm. that we've ever done. <sighs> right now, I'm really loving the blind karaoke. I think that's the most fun just because, one, for me, I don't have to do a whole lot of prep for <laughs> You're it. Like, I just, it's, you, it's choose a category. Up, it's coming up with the category and coming up with fun songs. I think that's the funnest part of my job is thinking of how it's going to play out because that's what I do. I try to find ideas that I can see everybody's reaction to. I try to find stories that I know like, okay, Bobby would have this take, Amy would have this take, Lunchbox would have a different take. So I try to find things that would plug into our show and work. And that segment is one that... You just need the category. You just need the songs, and it's an easy thing to do. And also, pulling back the curtain a little bit takes up two segments. Hardest part of my job is filling every single segment on the show. Blind karaoke is so big and powerful, and it's a home run every single time. And it takes up two breaks out of our day, which, like Bobby says, trying to cover five hours here. That one is one I know that we can do. It's entertaining to the listener, and it helps us just have great content. All right. Hey, that was some great behind the scenes. You just pulled back the curtain for yeah. us. Yeah. I liked it. Always trying to fill segments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So also, like, if you have segment ideas and you're like, oh, this would be really cool if the show did this, like, hit us up with them. You never know. I'll try and prep things, too. When you guys send me, I'll be like, okay, Mike, uh, listener sent me this. Yeah. I go um, through see. DMs and people have suggestions that we have used on the show before, especially for games. Yes. Especially if it's fun. If you tell us to talk about a news story, I don't, I don't know about that. But like a fun segment idea of making us do something. Yeah. I will say one that we need help with is punishments. Oh, God. Don't, now, don't, I, don't it's, it's a harder one to say. Punishments are the hardest for me to come up with because I don't want to make you guys do anything that I would not be comfortable doing. And that's hard. And mm -hmm. it's hard asking listeners for that because they would have us do the most ridiculous and sometimes harmful things. But I feel like creative ones that are fun and nobody gets hurt doing is something I struggle to find. No, listen, Mike, I'm still mentally hurt from the time <laughs> I had to stand on a corner with a sign. Yeah. Because <laughs> that I'm one is kidding. tough for me because, like I said, I don't want to make you guys do anything that I would not feel yeah. comfortable doing. Everybody always suggests the hot things. I, I don't like the hot things because that's going to ruin your day. I, it, it ruined your whole day. Yeah. We could do sour things. Sour is different. I, I don't love the eating things, which is funny. We did the eating thing for a while. I think that's also probably it, too. Yeah. We did a lot of eating things. I mean, like, I had a toothpaste and Oreo. Yeah. We had a lot of eating things for a hot minute there. So maybe that's why, too. Come up with more creative things. I, I just don't like, because I wouldn't want to eat it. And mm -hmm. if I don't want to eat it, I don't want to force someone else to eat it. I don't want to do anything that 
like I said, ruins your day. Okay. Well, punishment ideas. Send them Mike's fun way. Fun ones. Creative Fun, ones. creative, not harmful. Like fun pranks. Fun <laughs> pranks. That's true. It won't get us fired. Listen, I still do need to come up with a fun prank to do to Lunchbox. Mm. From all the time ago when he threw an egg in my face, I still <laughs> need to get him back. And I have not had the capacity to come up with a fun, not harmful prank. But I know I want it to involve a snake. Ooh, that is good. <laughs> I just don't know how yet. If it's a real or a fake one. <laughs> we'll be right back. I have a few more questions for you. All right. We're starting off with Clara. She wants to know how you proposed to your wife, Kelsey. How I proposed. The year was 2020. <laughs> Set there was, the scene. There was nothing going on in the world. And my wife and I were dating and had been dating long distance for about two and a half years. Pandemic happened. Her job went remote and she was able to come live and move to Nashville kind of temporarily. We didn't know how long it was going to be. We were just like, let's be together until you either move back or you end up just moving here. And we weren't able to go anywhere. We weren't able to do anything in a way that we bonded was going on walks. And it was where we spent a lot of time just talking about life, where we saw everything going and there was this one specific trail that we just spent so much time at that I felt like we talked about seeing a future together and I thought this would be the perfect place to do it. So one weekend I had the ring ready. We went out on our walk and there was this one specific part of the trail that I knew would be perfect. It was out in the open. There was like this little tree stump that I could set my phone on and I tricked her saying that we were just going to take some pictures and then I ended up just rolling video and then as we were doing it, I got down on one knee and then proposed there. And then I just felt like that was, I wanted it to be a moment that was just perfect for us. I didn't want to do anything flashy or like attention getting. I just didn't think that was us or something that she would enjoy. I just wanted it to be a very private moment that we would look back and remember just that time that we spent. Just We already really knew each other, but getting to know like what we wanted in life. And have that be where it all went down. No, little romantic Mike over here. <laughs> what what was the meme? Miss little romantic man. Oh yeah, <laughs> but it'd be Mister. Ro- yeah, now I can't do it. Um, that's sweet. That is a really sweet story, and the pictures were really cute that you guys had posted after that happened. But now you've been married for two years. Yeah, three years. Two, like two and a half years now. Okay. Yeah. Dang, you're like a professional husband now at this I think, point i think so <laughs> you're like eh, i don't know about that <laughs> all right uh canadian movies kristen kirsten i can't remember now or if auto corrected it but i think it's kirsten wants to know if you have a favorite canadian movie oh i don't really look at films having like i know a lot of movies are shot in canada and based in canada but i feel like if i just had one favorite canadian movie nothing really comes to mind I think of Canadian actors like Jim Carrey, but I really wouldn't classify any of his films as being Canadian films. This is something I need to research. I know. And now, I I mean, now I'm looking like I just typed in like top Canadian movies. And there are so many here that I've never seen, never even heard of. But there's a lot. I didn't realize. I guess this is pretty ignorant of me to think that like when a movie releases, it goes everywhere. Yeah. I mean, there's a worldwide box office. Yeah. So is there movies that just like get released in U.S., just released in Canada? Yeah, because there's a whole like every country has its own movie scene. But I feel like the big ones end up making their way to America. Like South Korea has a really great movie scene and all their great movies end up making us making it to us eventually. But for the most part, the U.S. cranks out movies that get that go worldwide and those become the highest grossing movies because we have Hollywood here. Yeah. Dang. That makes me feel really dumb that I didn't realize that. I just need to look into some Canadian films. Okay. Well, I'll do a Canadian film day on my podcast. There you go. Okay. So our favorite Disney plus Marvel show from Myra. I would say, ooh, of all time or right now? Maybe of all time. Of all time, it's probably WandaVision. Right now, though, it's Loki, and I still have the finale queued up that I haven't watched yet. Me too. I'm with you on that. But I think mine's the same. I think WandaVision was my favorite, too. 
I do really like Loki, but like overall, WandaVision was just so creative mm-hmm. and so cool. And it was a limited series. You got that one season. It didn't try to do any more. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Don't mess with it. Mm-hmm. And I did last night. Or, well, last night as we're recording this, I saw the Marvels. I did my Thursday night movie premiere and I saw it, Mike. I am going tonight, so I haven't seen it yet. Are you excited to see it? I am. I love the first one. I felt like it came out at a weird time where they were rushing to make Endgame, and they were trying to introduce Captain Marvel so it all made sense. So I feel like it didn't really get the attention it deserved, but I really love the first one. So do I, and I love the character Captain Marvel, and I will say I loved the Marvels. Okay, I'm excited now. And it is one of my more favorite of the current, like, uh universe they're doing mm-hmm. season what is it called the phase <laughs> yeah <laughs> gonna find the phase word five yeah uh phase five it's one of my more favorites of it because i feel like it tied a lot of pretty bows on some mm-hmm. things and we got to see more of the character okay i have some questions for you on this because okay. i just did a recent thing on my podcast breaking down people saying that the mcu is kind of struggling right now okay so how do you feel about they're gonna start doing less disney plus shows I don't hate that because I do think it's I've loved it because it's given more content con- to consume. Like I'm just a person who's going to consume it all and I'm not really a hater. Like I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll like it or I don't. I, I'll just watch it if it comes out kind of thing. But I do think with the focus on so many different things, it has taken the focus off of what they were really good at, mm-hmm. which was creating this crazy movie universe. Mm-hmm. So I don't hate it. I also don't hate if they cut it back and it's just like they do a few TV series instead of all of them. Yeah, I just felt like there was, for me, it felt like there was always a TV show coming out and then always a movie coming out. There was no, what was so special back when Marvel was really thriving is everyone felt like an event. Mm -hmm. Like a movie was coming out, everybody was going to see it and it was a big important piece in the puzzle. When that happens over and over again, it feels less like an event. So people get less excited They make a little bit less money, and then it starts to feel like, oh, we're struggling here. But it was almost like too much of a good thing at one point that I didn't really enjoy some of those shows because I didn't get time to spend with them. Like Moon Knight, it was like mixed in with all those other shows that there was so much at one time that I feel like if they would have peeled back a little bit and just let the shows breathe and the movies breathe, they wouldn't be in the situation they are now. You're definitely right because I I really enjoyed majority of the shows but like I I wasn't able to sit on them long enough to like obsess over them mm-hmm. if that makes yeah. sense like I do feel like they did it a little bit better with the Star Wars movies they space those out more that's why like I was obsessed with Mandalorian like and I still am they definitely only gave very few moments of it instead of every character had a show which is what Marvel kind of did mm-hmm. um and it did take away a lot of that and there wasn't a lot of like everything You know what's funny is I I said this last night. Every time we've gone on a Thursday to any of those shows, any of the movies in the Phase 5, there's never been a theater that I was like, I never got the experience that people got with Avengers Endgame besides two movies now. Mm Spider-Man, the... the, No Way Home. Yes. And the Marvels. And I don't know if the Marvels happened because I had, we just had some very animated people in the theater and I got really lucky. Mm -hmm. I loved them, like how they were reacting it made it really fun. Um, or if it was because of the movie, I'm not quite sure. But the that's only happened one time. And I feel like because they were all so close together, that's why that wasn't happening. Yeah. Less of a hype. Mm-hmm. And people were just... And, but at the same time, I was also like, okay, I love all the content. Like, I, I get excited about all these things. So, like, yeah, I'll go see everything. But the quality probably wasn't what it should have been if they would have just kind of piece some things together a little bit more and made it all a movie versus a movie, a TV show and another TV show. Mm -hmm. So I'm okay with that. How do you feel about what if I think they should get away from all the movies connecting, which I feel like some people don't, they think like that's what made them what they are. I find that it's hard to tell people that I'm excited about a Marvel movie and get somebody interested in just going to watch one because you think you need to watch all 33 now, which Mar- which the Marvels is the 33, 33rd Marvel movie, that I feel like if they weren't as connected and you didn't have to watch this one to know this character and that character, that it would kind of bring back that initial excitement of you're just going to watch one piece of art, one story. We just want to be entertained and 
have really great action, have really great special effects, and instead of all the movies connecting, you just create these character stories of part one, part two, part three of one character, instead of them all blending into each other and then leading up to another Avengers movie. Okay, so maybe I have this from a different perspective because I came in late. I loved getting to watch all of them at the same time and mm-hmm. they were all connected and I kept wanting to watch the next one because I was like, oh, what's going to happen? Like, it was like watching multiple sequels without them being terrible sequels. You know yeah. what I mean? So I do love that they all connect, but I feel like maybe the happy medium is that the TV shows don't connect. It's just the movies connect. Yeah, yeah, the shows connecting really throws me off. Well, because you have to watch everything yeah. to know what's going on. <laughs> So I feel like maybe that's how they stop doing that is like the TV shows can kind of be their standalone. Just you get to know if you fall in love with a character character, you get to see more of their life on a daily basis kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And the movies stay connected. If that makes sense. Maybe that's the happy medium between the two. And I think it's because I have become more fluent in the comics where in the comics, you can just connect with one character. Say you love Spider-Man or you love Punisher. You can just read all of their comics and be a fan of that. So I think we need to get back to a point where we can just really emphasize one character. So build a fan base around one character to make those exciting again. I would find more enjoyable. Okay. Yeah, I like it. I think we're on the same like wavelength. Yeah. It's just <laughs> I still I do still like them connecting the movies at least because I it's so different from anything that's out there because mm-hmm. you can't see other movie series and they really kind of intertwine. There's only like two or three movies like that, like movie series. But the fact that there's like 33 movies that if you watch them all at the same time, they all on some like it, it's this brilliant piece of like, holy crap, how did you guys even think of this? Like the overarching big picture. But I would totally be OK with those those TV shows, one being less mm-hmm. and two, just not connecting. They're just like their own pieces. I think that would help a lot of what has happened because it's really since all the TV shows got involved that this has been happening. Yeah, it's it's the Disney Plus model that's mm-hmm. been like so much content. We need to get people subscribing over here. Therefore, the quality has gone down for me. And I think that's why I liked the Marvel so much is because it was back to the original where things connected. There was a lot of connecting pieces. There was a lot that we didn't know about. And it kind of picked up where the first movie left off. Whereas... A lot of the sequels we've seen, like Thor, Love, and Thunder, they're just random. Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, what the frick happened? You know what I mean? Like, I really felt like this this one was back to what the first phases were like. So I think that's also why I really enjoyed it. So I hope hope you're excited. Yeah, I want to go see it. Um, Honestly, I feel that female superheroes get a bad rap. They, oh that my God. people always just instantly want to hate them. So and I haters. It, that, I find that so annoying that I feel like even going in to the Marvels, people just hate it because they don't like female superheroes. And I find that just, it makes me angry. Mm-hmm. It was the same case with She-Hulk that people hated that. And I feel like primarily it's because it's a female-driven show. Yeah, and it's such a bummer because I'm like, I do feel like those are great characters. And I just think people are hating on them without giving them the time that they deserve to have with them because of that, which is a bummer. But you know what? It allowed me to enjoy a theater full of people who really wanted to be there. So (laughs) on that level, it was great. But it was it was interesting watching like the Marvel Instagram post about the Marvels and people just automatically being like, this is a terrible movie and they haven't even seen it bunch of nerdy dudes who are just spiteful yeah i'm like she's a great character she's also super powerful so like in seeing arguably the most powerful avenger yeah and like we've only got one movie from her and that was that was before any of the other things that have Mm -hmm. happened like so i think you will love it speaking of another marvel movie that is out on netflix that you loved and Mm -hmm. i also freaking loved just watched for the first time is the spider-man across the spider-verse incredible Better than the first one. Did you feel that way? See, the first one was so impactful to me because it changed everything that I felt about Spider-Man, who is my favorite superhero, that there's just a level that that movie reached that I don't think will ever overcome my love for it. Like nothing can pass that movie for me because I feel like that really changed the game for Spider-Man. I feel like the second one was an advancement on that. So maybe just pure entertainment value, I enjoyed it more. Also, like the animation was just 
so greatly improved that it was mm. amazing that there were so many different animation styles in one movie. Sometimes even in one character, like Spider-Punk has literally three different types of animation inside of that character. So I felt like it was more sophisticated, but I feel like as a whole, that movie is building up to the next one. So I feel the one that has the potential for me to love more is the one that's coming out next. The third one. Yeah. Do we know if that's like the third and final one or are they kind of leaving it open-ended? I think it should be the third and final one. Okay. Also because these movies take so much to yeah. make. Like they've been working on this one since the last one. So I think the animators are exhausted. So I think probably after that one, that'll be the final in the Miles Morales story until they make a live action one. I kind of hope they don't make a live action one. Yeah, me too, but they will. They will. Because I really like that it is different. And like, I like that they've played into the fact that he is like this animated one because you can still utilize the animated in live action. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he could still come and be part of movies and he's just animated. Yeah. So I do think that could be a cool aspect that I hope they play on more than the recreating it into live action. Yeah, it probably won't be anytime soon, but with such a big property and him being but such a great character. there's already three freaking live action Spider-Man. I know. Do we really need another one? I know, but it, it'll happen. I just, <sighs> yeah, I love the fact that it just exists as an animated character, but I would also kind of like to see a live action one too. <laughs> You're like, I'm almost split. But yeah, it was really good. I really liked that one more than I anticipated. And I'm not, I mean, like, you know, all the comic side and everything, and I'm not like any type of comic person. Mm-hmm. I'm a nerd, but I'm not like a comic person. And I loved that movie. Like, I thought it was really good. And I know when I was watching on the plane, people were looking at me like, what the heck is she watching? Oh, yeah. I I rewatched it on the plane, too. (laughs) I was like, I am a child. I know. Thank you. Okay. Well, that is it for our geeking out on Marvel. Yeah. Thank you for indulging me on that. We're going to end it on this one. Diane would like to know what we want for Christmas. Do you have anything that you want? Oh, what do I want for Christmas? I know, that's a tough question. I don't even know that I've thought about it in any type of regard. Yeah, I'm probably the hardest person to shop for because I don't want anything. Like, There's things that I need that are very practical, but I've been told they're not the funnest gifts because I just like running shoes, workout (laughs) clothes, very practical things that I I see as just give me something that I'm going to eventually use as opposed to something that I want. I feel like if there was one thing I probably wanted, but it's not super practical, is like a PlayStation 5 because the new Spider-Man video game came <laughs> out and I really want to play it. But I also probably wouldn't play the PlayStation all that much. So it feels like it's a little impractical. Yeah. But, you know, the impractical gifts are the fun ones because they're a gift. You don't have to worry about buying It's true. <laughs> it's like that's why it's an impractical gift. Oh, that's a good one. I don't I, – I like the – I like – experiences as gifts Mm -hmm. and i just don't know what that one is right now that i i would like over other things like even for my birthday my parents were like do you want anything i was like i really i don't like i i love you guys i just would really like to see y'all and they're like okay it has to be something and i just like i don't know if it's like i'm also at a point where i feel like as an adult you just start getting what you need Mm -hmm. so then and then there's not really a lot of things you want. I am going to buy myself, which is this is not a Christmas gift, but I'm going to buy myself a robot vacuum. Oh, like a Roomba? <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah, because Hazel shed so much, I can't keep up with it anymore. I'm literally dying trying to vacuum all the that time. That would be beneficial. Yeah, so like I, I, I might just put some more technology in my house. Might turn my house into a smart house. That might be what I want for yeah. Christmas. <laughs> a smart house. Like, can everything just do it by itself? That would really help me out. Just AI your whole house. Literally. <laughs> like, I think about that often when I'm doing chores. I'm like, it would be really nice if I could just, like, technology the crap out of my house and they take care of it. Yeah, I would like to automate a lot of things. Right. To be able to enjoy the fun parts of life, like, all the time. Yeah, I'm like, dude, I, I could be doing so much more with my life if I'm not cleaning right now. And I can't get myself to pay for somebody to come clean my house. That I don't know why. I just don't feel like I should do that. I feel like I should be an adult and take care of my house. <laughs> I have a thing with spending money. I think is where it comes from. I have a thing with spending money on things that I know I am capable of doing. And I don't want to give myself the benefit of, you know, just giving my excuse away out of it, I guess. Yeah. Is that weird? I, and I can see that. I have a problem. I also, I just don't like spending money. Yeah. Like, also people are like, why don't you have somebody mow your yard? I'm like, I could do it. It takes me like an hour. Why wouldn't I just do it? 
even though I complain about it every week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And it all adds up. Like all spending money on those things always adds up. By the end of the year, you're spending like thousands of dollars on something that you could have just done. So I'm with you. Maybe that's why. I have issues. <laughs> okay. That is all for us this weekend. Mike, thanks for joining me. Yeah, this was fun. I'm glad we, I got to hear some really big growth updates for you and got to talk about some fun things. So I appreciate it. Tell the people where they can hear your podcast and hopefully an interview with the Blue Beetle. Yeah. Movie Mike's Movie Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, if you love movies or if you're just a casual movie fan. I try to do things that even if you're not super into movies, you can find insightful, entertaining, and spoiler-free movie reviews. So if you're just trying to find something new to watch, I got you covered. Yeah, he does. So go check him out. <laughs> and he's at Mike Distro on yep, everything. On everything. All the things. And the show is at Bobby Bone Show. I am at Web Girl Morgan on everything's everything's. I, it's been a long week. <laughs> uh, we will see you guys next time. Mike, thank you again. Thank you. Bye. Bye. The Bobby Bones Show. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.